0: This is Shifting Our Schools episode 148 Provocations to Provoke Learning and Connections.
1: Shifting Our Schools happens with small, significant steps forward. This week, Jeff Utick is back to tour us through a way to keep taking those steps with another free Shifting Schools resource. Before you listen, we want to remind you that this episode has a ready to use meeting map so you can use this episode with your team. Be sure to find the link in our show notes. Okay, educators, ready to dig in, unlearn, and prepare to spark the next shift at your school? Then let's kick off this episode.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I am your host, Jeff Utick. I hope this episode finds you safe and healthy. We're coming to that time of year that always seems to drag on. Spring break is ahead of us. Getting there doesn't seem to happen fast enough. That's in a regular school year. Put the pandemic on top of that as most schools and educators are starting to invite students back into their classroom in some hybrid scenario and you get this perfect storm of exhaustion. It was with you in mind that we have decided to run another round of our hybrid learning courses. We know your time is valuable and in short supply, so we created two different four-hour training sessions that will take place in March. On Tuesdays, we'll be doing our Shifting Strategies for Hybrid Learning, where each week for one hour, we walk through the structures that pull your cohorts together while addressing the design elements and instructional strategies and tech know-how that is needed to be able to do this. On Thursday, we're bringing back our popular Leveraging Hybrid Learning courses in a condensed four-week format. These sessions dive deep into teaching and learning cycles and how we structure learning in a hybrid multi-cohort approach. Kathleen, a recent graduate of our last cohort of Leveraging Hybrid Learning had this reflection.
2: This is Kathleen Stidham and I just finished Leveraging Hybrid Learning with Shifting Schools what was most valuable for me was actually being a learner in the middle of all of this everything is so new and different and weird even after almost a year of remote teaching and hybrid teaching and all of the changes it just having other people and working together and for for just a brief moment in the week not being the one in charge getting to sit back and just experience what it's like to try different protocols as a learner noticing the questions that I had as we went through different things noticing where I was reluctant to participate and where I was happy and eager to participate all of those pieces are helping me when I'm working with my students now whether they're in zooms or over the phone because I don't go in person at all this year Um, but it lets me kind of be more sensitive to where they may be reluctant and the reasons why so I know when to actually shift the task and when to say hey you know what I know it's unfamiliar let's give it a try anyway that is probably the most valuable piece the specific tasks that we did I will be folding into lessons for the rest of my teaching career because the collaboration the ways of assessing, the ways of of recording student learning are valuable and powerful, probably more powerful for the students than they are for those of us who evaluate them.
0: Both of these courses are open for registration now for $99 and space is limited. We strongly recommend teams of two to four to go through the trainings together if possible so that you can support each other through your learning journey. Also coming on March 4th at 4 p.m. Pacific time, we're excited to bring back our free webinar series that we started last year. One of our team members, Tricia Friedman, is also the founder of allyed.org and host of the Be a Better Ally podcast. We have been asked by teachers who support LBGTQ students and Gay Straight Alliance clubs if we had any ideas for supporting students via remote and hybrid learning. So, on March 4th at 4 p.m. Pacific... You can join us for a free webinar full of resources to empower LBGTQ allies in remote and distance learning. And of course, you can find more information and sign up for our new courses or for the free webinar at shiftingschools.com. We'll make sure there are direct links in the show notes as well. Now, I am excited to kick off another episode designed to be used for teams of educators who are collaborating in a hybrid learning environment. You can learn all about our plug-and-play resources to extend this episode for a PLC or faculty team at ShiftingSchools.com, E-P-L-C-S. As an educator, one thing I've tried to work on year after year is my Storyteller's Toolkit. What have you done to get better at sharing, shaping, and curating stories with your students? I want to let you know right at the top of this episode that we have a free resource to help you work on your storyteller's toolkit. It's a free guide to our 10 favorite places to go to find provocations to use with your students. Whether you want to prompt them to take action, to debate, to wonder, to laugh, or maybe to be in awe or just experience an artifact of learning together. Our free guide has a range of resources for students of all ages. Sometimes when I talk about the power of provocations, folks look at me funny and wonder what the heck I'm talking about. So to clarify, a provocation is your hook. It's the way you prompt engagement. And it could be anything, a song, a picture, a poem, a prop, a photo. The key is we want learners to feel the gravity of the learning to be made. We want them to be attracted to the force that is learning. Zaretta Hammond, in her article, Three Tips to Make Any Lesson More Culturally Responsive, says this, quote, The brain is wired to remember stories and to use the story structure to make sense of the world. That's why every culture has creation stories. In oral traditions, stories play a bigger role in teaching lessons about manners, morality, or simply what plants to eat or not eat in the wilderness, because it's the way content is remembered. Diverse students, and all students really, learn content more effectively if they can create a coherent narrative about the topic or process presented. That's the brain's way of weaving it all together, end quote. Last week, I was listening to Priya Parker, the author of the book, The Art of Gathering, on Brenna Brown's podcast. By the way, the link to the podcast episode is in our show notes. Parker reinforces this idea that we need to be creative and crafty when we bring people together. And educators, that's us. We host gatherings all the time. What I really love about the interview is that Parker talks about gatherings as an authentic opportunity to get people to connect. You know what's a great connector? Stories. That's why anyone who has seen me do a keynote knows I see keynoting as storytelling. And that's why I think the term lecture gets a bad rap. And sure, I've been to a bad lecture. We've all been to bad lectures. And what makes it bad? There's no story. The lecture was shapeless. There was no attempt to get us to connect and all the heavy lifting was put on the shoulders of the audience. I constantly tell my audience that if they are going to be off-task, then here are some links, some ways to be off-task. If I can't hold their attention, that's my fault as a teacher, not their fault as a learner. Is that right? We are quick to blame students for not paying attention, but to be fair, if I'm in a boring lecture, I don't care how old I am. I'm not paying attention. Is that my fault as a student or the teacher's fault? I believe that's my fault as a teacher. You might disagree, but I'll own that if my class is boring, that's on me. So what should a lecture be used for if it's not to deliver content? Use it to inspire. I love inspiring lectures, the ones that make you stand up at the end, the ones that make you feel like going out and making a difference, the ones that you can't wait to share with others, that you retweet or reshare in some way. They inspire you to take action, to try something new, or just to smile and enjoy life. Lectures should be about inspiring. Or maybe you want to use it to tell stories. I love a good storyteller. Sir Ken Robinson is a good storyteller. Along with pushing ideas, he tells stories about as good as anyone. His ability to weave storytelling and ideas pushed together is what pulls you into his lectures. Use lectures to tell stories that inspire, that get a point across, that push me to want to learn more or to think deeply about the ideas shared. And that brings us to our last way. Use it to push an idea. My personal favorite are lectures that push my thinking to the point where my head physically hurts. Have you ever been to a lecture where your thinking has been pushed so far past what you believe, what you thought possible, or what you can imagine is possible that it actually hurts? It's happened to me a couple of times. These are also the types of lectures that have me scrambling to find, get this, content. Use lectures to push ideas. And I know what you're thinking. If I'm using lectures or talks for these things, then when are kids supposed to learn the stuff? So where does the stuff come from? This takes me back to my idea around flipped learning, where the students are responsible to find the stuff, and we learn it together in the classroom with a professional, an educator, to help students put that stuff into context. What if your time with students ends in a 10 to 15 minute fantastic lecture that told a story of a person or pushed out an idea that inspired students to want to know more? The students then during their at-home work time go and research what it is they want to learn more about around that idea, that person, that place, that subject. The next class period, they come back with a all this stuff they researched and we take the first part of the class to talk about the stuff and try to make sense of it as a class we try to connect the dots we try and find out how all this is connected to what we have been studying then we go out and we research some more here's a question for you what inspires you to do a search why do you search for this or search for that on the web I'm going to guess it's because you want to know it. You need to know it. And you happen to live in a time when you can learn the thing you want to know the moment you want to know it. It pains you not to know it. And you have the tools to know it now. That's what we need to do. And we need to remember about this generation. They live in a time where they can know something the moment they need to know it. Lectures need to be used today to push ideas, not just deliver content, but to inspire, tell stories, and push ideas to the point we want to go learn the stuff on our own because we have the tools that allow us to do it. That's why I love great provocations. They fuel our classrooms. They help us weave stories together And they invite students to experience them as a common shared moment. So if you are looking for great provocations, check out our free guide, 10 Great Spaces to Find Provocations. The story doesn't have to come from you, the teacher, all the time. There are amazing resources on the internet that we can use in our classrooms to get kids thinking. That's what this week's free guide is all about. That's it for this episode. Remember to check out our new courses and our free webinar coming up in March. And if we can help you in any way, please do reach out to us at infoshiftingschools.com. Until next time, I'll see you on the network. Thank you for being a part of the hashtag Shifting Schools community. We
1: love when listeners like you weigh in, so head over to our show notes to find ways to share your thoughts. Have a request for a future episode? Jeff and his team love supporting you with the content you need. Shifting Our Schools podcast is a proud production of the Shifting Schools team. Looking for a longer interactive conversation about the ideas shared in this session? Contact us at info at to find out about our workshops.